0: The crossover.
1: Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, but it is time for neither of those because it is Bachelorette time. Uh, Craig, yes! Needle, Craig Needles is here. How's it going, Craig? <laughs> going good. How are you? Quick question: uh, Michael or Prince? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh... it's Michael? an impossible answer. Yeah, I, right. I couldn't answer. If you asked me to live in, it's like Matt. You we're either you you either have to live in a world where you can only listen to Michael or you can only listen to Prince. I'd be like, well, you're just gonna have to kill me now. No, uh, I. I <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take Michael. I mean, uh, but prob- I don't like it. Probably in a pinch, where but that- Michael. But I'm not happy about it, and I don't want to live in a world where I can't listen to Heal the World or When Doves Cry. I don't want to live in that world.
2: That's that's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: terrible. Uh, Jess Brady is also here. You know she's here if we're talking Bachelorette. How's it going, Jess?
3: I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. Now, question for you.
3: Uh huh. I think I might know what it is.
1: And sink her backstreet boys.
3: Oh, my God. oh I don't want to live I don't want to live in a world where I can't listen to one or the other. <laughs> um I would well just because of my personal history I would have to pick Backstreet Boys, but I really do like NSync as well. But you know when Rachel picked NSync I was like, "Girl, come on now." <laughs> but I I get it. I understand. NSync has a really great catalog as well. I love them both, but oh, BSB forever.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, that's an easy one. I think Backstreet Boys. But is Bye 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 better than any Backstreet Boys tune?
3: Oh, that's so
2: hard. Um, Backstreet's back. I think is better than Bye Bye Bye. I mean, that's yeah. That's, that's the argument, right?
0: That's, yeah, uh, nah, yeah. Are, for yeah. sure. Both have. I a mean, Bye Bye dance. Bye. Dance. Bye. Yeah. yeah.
2: As as someone who has DJed several weddings in in one's life, I'm going to tell you that I, Backstreet back, back. If you're talking about like you know people between like you know born between like eighty three and 88, 89, somewhere in there. Uh no song gets a bigger reaction than Backstreet's Back. I can promise you that. Mm. So I don't so know if good. that's ha- so I don't good. know if that's how we're judging this, but Backstreet's Back is massive.
0: Mhm.
1: All right, so we're talking first
2: episode of
1: The Bachelorette. Let's start with Jess. Jess, how do you feel about Rachel's performance in the first episode?
3: I think she was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um she is just, you know, we saw her last season as someone who was a formidable force. Just Top notch, class act all around. Classy, sassy. As she even, she was even chirping and and just kind of. Uh making light of it herself, talking about her personality, sweet, sassy, a little sour. She threw that in there a couple of times. She really is the total package and she really just hit that home again on Monday with the first episode of the season. And she is just going to be a joy to see in this, in this uh, setting. I think she'll obviously face challenges that any contestant faces as they try and navigate this (laughs) circus, as we will get into, because Waboom has yet to be discussed. No. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think she was a champ. And, you know, there are always some awkward moments when she's being introduced to to the gentlemen that are the suitors. And she just handled everything with a lot of grace and uh, just uh, well done by her.
0: Uh, she
1: managed to make, for the first time in, in Bachelor or Bachelorette history, she managed to make the, you know, I'm meeting with people before I actually mm-hmm. start being the Bachelorette thing. Yeah, entertaining. Now that might have been brought on by the fact that instead of bringing past bachelorettes or bachelors back, they brought back all of her friends from from the house from <laughs> Nick Vial season, thus reaffirming what I thought a, a theory that I had proposed to you two that all of the girls in the house in Nick Vial season liked each other more than Nick Vial. I thought I yes. on a lot of occasions, and I thought that I th- I, th- I thought I also noticed that Taylor didn't get an invite.
2: Yeah, no, uh, but that's okay. I just I'm I'm just so happy Corinne was there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> there, there there wasn't nearly enough Corinne. Yeah, no, uh,
3: nor Raquel. Where was that? And where was yeah. the cheese pasta? That's what I'm talking about. That's a that's a
2: good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was just wasn't enough Corinne for my liking. Now, that said, they could have done a show where only Corinne had dialogue, and I might say exactly the same thing. <laughs> but still, there just wasn't quite enough Corinne for my liking. But it was nice to see her. It, uh, was. Nice. it was! It yeah. was like a little reunion. Yeah, it was a reunion. And you're right, they, they all seemed to get yeah. along. And and I think it was nice that, that Corinne was there, because it shows, you're right, that uh, uh, maybe they didn't all hate her. Maybe that was just something that was uh, played up for the cameras.
3: Mm, certainly. And I think that, obviously, they really did... Um, Uh, really hone in on that Taylor versus Corinne relationship because in, was it after the final rose where the women tell all? I mean, people really did also gang up on Taylor, so it was pretty Uh, apparent that that that, that was, yeah, she was not popular based on the criticisms and, you know, valid valid that people were like, Taylor, ease off there, like, just let it go let go and let God, as Kim K would say but, uh, yeah, it's (laughs) oh geez, yeah, it's not surprising that she wasn't there
1: God, I don't even know where to start, uh, <laughs> man. So, so much to digest in the first episode. I guess the easiest place to start. Jess already mentioned it is with <laughs> Waboom guy. I guess who who I think okay. is, I think is gonna win the Canadian Daniel Award for I'm just trying to get to paradise and I don't care how I come off or. <laughs> Or how I look in the first like two or three episodes I'm on this show because there's no way he, I think he he makes one more week and then third week he's gone. That's that's my I, opinion. Craig, you have agree. Some, Craig, you have some strong opinions on Waboom guy. Would you care to share them with us all?
2: Well, that is why I'm here. Yeah. Um. Here are my strong opinions. Uh, look, I I like the gimmicky first night exit guy or girl as much as anyone. And there's been some fun ones over the years, and even some people you would think would be First Night Exit guy or girl, Alexis in the dolphin costume, that wound <laughs> up being lovely parts of the season for a mm-hmm. little while. So I'm all for the gimmicky weirdo thing, that's fine with me, but the Waboom guy was too much, producers of The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, you went too far this time. What you've done simply was not okay. It was an insult to Rachel. It was an insult to the other people in that house. And most importantly, it's an insult to me, the viewer. I understand you were trying to get some laughs out of this guy, but the, the he I don't know whether he was on some, like, uh, drank 10 cans of Red Bull right before or what he did, but it was just, it was way, way, way too much. And I wanted to see actual people who might win this thing, not this idiot waboon guy who's clearly just there. To sell stupid T-shirts.
1: Yeah, and he was the se- he was the drunk second drunkest guy in the house. I think like when he was sitting there on the couch when the uh, the one guy who I think is actually uh, what was his name Blake E. The he was the, the biggest- penis guy. Oh God, he was the biggest. D- there, okay, Blakey. E., there is <laughs> never
3: Mr. thirty minutes.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There, there has <laughs> never been a guy who I have been more certain of in my entire life that has a small penis than Blake, E, the <laughs> aspiring drummer. I have never been more certain of anything in my life, like way too much overcompensating with it during his like highlight reel package at the beginning where he was just like, yeah, my penis is great. I've been told it's great. It's, it's, it's really great. And I'm just, and then he did the thing where he put like, uh-huh, he was wearing, yeah, the tightest <laughs> jeans of all time. And then like put his leg up on the thing. And it's like, dude, who are you fooling? You got, you got, you're not fooling anybody. And then he's also short, Blakey, so you can tell he's got a bit of a Nicole, Napoleon complex. And what? And was the guy who who went and and confronted Lucas the Waboom guy, who quite frankly wasn't hurting anybody in the house, was just annoying
2: oh yeah you know what oh, honestly though if i were in blake's position and there was a guy like you know having his entire body contorted around when he's on the floor yelling wah boom i'd be tempted to say something
1: yeah but yeah i don't know yeah but i my... might go
2: over there and be like dude what the hell are you doing
1: yeah that would be it right it wouldn't be attempting to tear the guy down on a personal level much like Blake yeah. was trying. now nice he was likely producer encouraged to tear it down but Blakey also seems like a, a complete and it was also funny that the guy who arrived to a marching band was asking the Waboom guy to tone it down you know there's <laughs> that's a, a good point there's a little <laughs> bit of a disconnect there oh man there's just oh, so many weird weird dudes like who, who would you rather have spent more time with Jess Lucas the Waboom guy or the dude who brought the puppet
3: Yeah, if I had to choose between Adam and Lucas, Lucas Waboom, and Adam Ventriloquist Bud, um, (laughs) it would be a hard choice. Uh, Adam AJ, who was speaking en français which was hilarious oh, oh yes um so he busy. didn't really creep me out <laughs> it didn't really creep me out as much as it did rachel uh some people are really put off by those sorts of things those sorts of uh dolls and and things like that uh well boom dude was just kind of like unpredictable so i think probably i would have sat out a ten and minute segment with him because at least it would have been like hella entertaining. Um, but I think like my favorite part of the whole Lucas Waboom uh, th- I don't even know what to call it circus (laughs) from Monday night was during the rose ceremony when she was handing out the roses and (laughs) he they she called his name and even he didn't think he was going to get called because you saw the way he his his head turned so quickly like he was in disbelief (laughs) he couldn't believe that she chose him so I think that was my favorite part of it he's just I mean he seems like the like the little kid in class who just cannot sit still. The guy's got, you know, ants in his pants and he's got to run around and, and be rambunctious. That's what he reminds me of. So we'll see what he's like next episode. But yeah, I would probably pick Lucas just for the sheer uncertainty of what the heck he would do next.
1: Craig, who's your favorite guy in, in night one?
2: Uh, I uh, went back and forth. I, I, I said Josiah is a lawyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's I, I was I was I was texting Jess saying, "Oh, I really like Josiah." Oh, and then really? Basically, yeah, but as soon as I said that, then he started doing like weirder and weirder stuff, and oh. I kind of had to back off on that. I'm glad you <laughs> brought up Josiah
1: because I thought it was so weird that they did like the way they cut him was they gave they him, cut him out to be a hero. Yeah, to be a hero and gave him the sympathetic like, like uh, edit at the beginning of the episode, right, where, where he had the the incredibly sad story of. He, he his brother committed suicide when he was young, and he, and he saw it, and it was, it was this whole just horrible ordeal, and it was a guy you kind of got behind right away, right, and and you you were rooting for him, but then as the night went on, um, the word obsessed, I think, comes to mind. Yeah, like, like he was way too into like he, like he was very swim fan, right? Like he was way too into. Lin- and uh, Rachel Lindsay, I was going to call her Lindsay there because she's got two first names and that's <laughs> um, that'll be a source of contention for me this entire season when we do these recaps. <laughs> but yeah, man, like Josiah came on too strong too quick and I got some, some kind of stalker vibes from him. What, it, what, what was your take on him, Jeff?
3: Yeah, I have to say that my initial feeling towards him was very positive, as Craig said that we were talking about it, and that that whole in-depth setup of his backstory was, uh, you know, an indication that he was going to be a contender, right? And uh, yeah, I I, I kind of honed in on that extreme confidence as well, which I mean confidence in a man sexy bring it that's awesome and rachel obviously likes that too she responds to that fantastic but when he starts talking about how he's for sure going to get the first impression rose and you know that's going to be his wife and it's like okay this is the first night let's just let's just calm down a little bit and you know let's see where things go and obviously this is a tv show so you know and it's you know there's a little bit of alcohol there and testosterone there's 31 guys in the room so of course you're gonna you know get out there and and be a little bit macho that's fine um but yeah it definitely was a little bit off-putting just how intense he was about it uh but certainly i think he did make a good impression with rachel i mean he got a he got a rose during the ceremony um so we'll see how he does maybe he'll he'll ease back a little bit on that um i guess extreme confidence which i mean like i said confidence great just don't be already buying the wedding bands um but yeah he's he's very interesting and i think that they will have um obviously a lot in common both in the law and he's a prosecutor and uh so we'll see how they do he did that little law joke when he got out of the out of the limo which she quite enjoyed so i think you know you can make her laugh that's a really good first step and so he is going to be an interesting figure as the season continues i think
1: my favorite part with josiah though was when she was sitting down with him doing their one-on-one on one one of the many couches on the outside of the house and i'm i'm not sure if Craig recognized this. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did, though. But she asked him, or, or he asked her what love was. And she said, quote, love is sacrifice. And if you remember, Craig, mm. that's the exact same thing that John Lithgow said to his woman right before he shot her in the spine in Cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so... I. When I saw that, I was like, oh, man, this girl is definitely a lawyer. She is cold-blooded. And I thought that some of those, like, obviously fake – that obviously fake courtroom setup at the beginning of the – like, her her (laughs) highlight reel package, that was so hilarious. It was, like, six people in a room, and then she goes – says something like objection relevance and then it cuts quickly to the judge who's like sustained <laughs> right? just, yeah oh yeah. my god i
2: said the same thing about josiah's courtroom setup yeah. to, to jess as well like this just seems so so fake
1: oh yeah it would have been funnier to me if she said that like they made the simpsons reference so she goes like objection he's like denied <laughs> just really go for it that's what i would have done oh god um, you know who my favorite is and this is I'm, I'm going to go off board a little bit, because I, I don't think this guy will absolutely win, but I think he's going to stick around for a few weeks and be an absolute delight, is DeMario. Yeah, he's fun. Because I don't think there's a... Well, huh? as, as long as I've been watching this, I don't think there's a guy that is as obviously here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> then Demario, He is clearly there just to kind of stir the pot and, and make a name for himself. He had the whole like, tickets thing, and he was also being very braggadocious the entire time, and then, you know, got nothing. I, and apparently uh, one of the girls warned uh, I th- oh God, I think it was Whitney. Whitney was also the girl who the second uh, Nick Vial turfed her for a D-low, just started throwing Danielle L under the bus, right? And
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah, so who knows if Whitney was there for the right reasons? But Whitney definitely warned uh, Rachel about Demario. So I'm I'm interested mm-hmm. to see who that goes uh, forward.
2: Craig, who do you think the villain of the season is going to be? It's not going to be the Waboom guy. He's going to be gone pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, there's no, he's, uh, he's got
1: two weeks tops. Tops.
2: You think it might be might be Blake? Uh, nah,
1: Blake E. It's either Blake E. Or they really made. Like, Blakey, I think, is going to be, like, what was the little weasel guy from last year who was always fighting with Chad and he got to
2: go to paradise? Oh, um, oh, Uh, what's that guy's name? He was a a penis doctor. Yeah, the erectile dysfunction guy.
3: (laughs) Penis doctor? You mean urologist? Whichever. Well, (laughs)
2: he's, he was was an actual erectile dysfunction doctor. Like, that was his. I don't think he was a doctor. I think he was, I think he just
1: was, like, a pharmacist who hawked pills. Like, it, like I think like, he, I think he oh. just sold erectile dysfunction pills, so I don't I don't know if he was an actual like MD or anything. Evan was his name wasn't it yes Evan, yes, yeah Evan, yeah. Evan. Evan. The, the, he he the Blakey seems like that guy to me he seems like the ultra weasel guy who's just gonna be this this little like he'll he'll call all the big dudes out but he's also quite weaselish himself
3: is, well, as well will he, well he's basically like male Taylor if you will yeah like, that'll be. That'll be that'll be Taylor's equivalent this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Po- very possibly. It seemed yeah. like Lee, the the guy who
3: oh Lee, he, he sang right.
1: Yeah, he showed up with the guitar. Oh God. The guitar. <laughs> I, there's always one. <laughs> there's always one, and I just just going back to college. I've always hated guitar guy because there's only two <laughs> types of there's only two types of guys who learn guitar, right? Like there's the guy who is actually trying to learn guitar. To play in a band and, you know, maybe be, try to become famous or just likes playing guitar and likes... right And then there's the guy who learns enough guitar so that he can try to get himself laid in college. <laughs> and I hate that guy. And he's the type of guy who uses, you know, like cinder blocks and a couple of pieces of wood to prop up his books in his dorm room. Oh, God. And Lee just... <laughs> giving off that vibe to me, and I hated it, and and yeah, but it seems like he's going to be the villain of this week, or of this year, because uh, in the, uh, you know, this season on, The Bachelor, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, well, Lee said this, and Lee said that, and then it looked like at one point, Kenny was going to fight the... Kenny the wrestler was going to fight go Kenny yeah it was going to fight Lee I'm I'm in Kenny the wrestler's (laughs) corner well and I know Jess is
2: in Kenny's corner as well (laughs) yeah
3: I am my two favorites right now honestly are Kenny and Fred Mm -hmm. um Um, I think Kenny seems so sweet and I don't know if it's, it's just, you know, the backstory with the fact that he has a daughter, he seems a little bit more mature, you know, he, he kind of seems to have things laid out and he seemed very appreciative of all of Rachel's qualities, not just how everyone focused on how beautiful she was, because of course she was beautiful, but it just kind of got to be a lot. Every guy gets out of the limo. Oh, you're gorgeous. Oh, you look great in that dress. Yes, she does. But you know, she's also a kick-ass lawyer and she's, I mean, They did comment on her many other attributes, but, you know, I remember Kenny saying, she's the type of girl you can bring home to your family and introduce, and, you know, so he seemed very much to appreciate all of her good qualities, and also, I love this history of elementary school together and so it's kind of like she's gonna have to figure out you know get to know him as an adult and figure out why is he here is he here for the right reasons we will find out with fred but i just love that whole idea of the childhood connection and you know getting back together and and figuring out who is this person now that we're we're adults and and do we have a connection there so i think that's really interesting so they're my two favorites Kenny is so sweet, and I really hope that he does well, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm big on those two guys. I think they're I think they're very interesting figures, and I'm excited to see what goes on with them. Cool.
2: I also like the Fred backstory. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. about
1: to, to burst your guys' bubbles on on Kenny, no! Kenny and Fred, unfortunately. And and I'm, 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 let me preface these these things by saying I'm I fully agree I think Fred seems like a good dude and and whoever he was when he was you know 12 years old or whatever is he he, he should not be judged by obviously um and Kenny I am absolutely rooting for you uh my wife is also in Kenny's corner she she absolutely uh loved him loved the the thing of of her him dancing with her daughter when he showed up to meet Rachel he got her to turn it into a snake and then send the snake. Yeah. To him and it was fantastic. I love that move. But here's why I don't think Fred can can, can win. Um, he, She was in eighth grade and he was in third,
3: right? Yeah. And there's she, a day and age difference, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and she said she was his camp counselor or something mm-hmm. like that. And that, I don't know, to me that, that would be a bit much to get over if I was – if i was her because i don't you know the babysitter kind of doesn't date the baby you know i don't know yeah yeah
3: that's a fair that's a fair concern and and speaking as 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 a woman with the whole idea of dating younger a younger man like Mm -hmm. it's 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 a lot i don't know like i I don't have that's the back this up but a lot more common to see older guy with younger woman versus older woman guy at yeah. least in these types of situations and 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 i don't know like you would have to wonder if there is a difference in maturity because the the gentleman is a little bit younger who knows i don't know fred maybe he is super mature i i don't know but these would be considerations certainly that rachel would be thinking about but uh yeah there is a little bit of a ooh, you were very young when we knew each other last and <laughs> and that that could be a real deterrent but there are plenty of marriages and and relationships where that is the case you know you've got an older lady and a younger gentleman and they have fabulous times together Uh, so we will see what happens there but I really love that he brought the yearbook out and did you see her face when he got out of the limo Yeah, like she looked at him and then she looked away and looked back and I was like "Ooh, what's going on there and I just uh, I thought it was great it was like one of those awkward moments where it's almost like it's obvious that he meant something almost I don't know like it was a weird moment I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is that history where she's just like couldn't believe it was him, sort of a thing. Or I don't know. It's just it was a moment, and it was very interesting.
2: Yeah, that, that I, I slammed the Bachelor producers earlier for what happened with Waboom guy, which mm-hmm. I think was, <laughs> but uh, good on them for putting Fred in here. I think that was a fun. Yeah, uh, yeah he's
3: nice cool.
1: Ken, Kenny, I think is going to have
2: heart. I think he's going to go far because he got a lot of time
1: in the. Uh, In the, this season on, I think he gets to the, to the top five or something. So I think, I think we're going to get a lot of Kenny, the, the professional wrestler who I believe (laughs) wrestled, wrestled in ring of honor. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Kenny. Um, I think, and maybe this is just me. I think it would be tough to enter into a relationship with someone who has a child that is almost a teenager Hmm. I, I think I like, I think off the, off the hop, that would be, I don't know. I would find that difficult if I was Rachel and I was trying to have a career, but you know, love knows no bounds. Right. So, so who knows? But I, I, I just, I just think that
2: that would be tough. I think the great relationship with the daughter helps mm-hmm. Kenny. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. that that makes him look like a pretty good dude. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he is a pretty good dude based on uh, what we know about him. But, uh, he seems to have a really good relationship with that kid, based on the very little that we saw.
3: Yeah, I think too that the little girl, she's she, I think she's what 10, 10 years old. Is yeah. that what they ten, said? Ten yeah. Percent, so it's. I think honestly. It might be, obviously, it would present challenges, right? Because at that age, children are, are really becoming their own little people. And they have their own personalities. Um, but I think it would be interesting to get to know a child at that age. She's still very young, relatively speaking. Um, you know, she, Rachel would be coming into a time in her life where it's formative, right? So she would get to know her as a child and see her still mature into an adult and a teenager. So certainly there would be challenges, but that would probably be the same in, in any relationship, You know, if you're rearing your own children, as they get older, there are conflicts, there's strife. Um, But yeah, I think it would just depend on the individuals and on the family dynamic. But I don't know, maybe it might perhaps be a little off-putting, but at first, before you get to know them, really. But I don't know, I don't think it's necessarily a deal-breaker. I think it just depends on the individuals.
1: Kenny gets busted open at some point during this, uh, this season. Do you think that was real, Craig, or do you think it's a work? No, it's a work. Yeah, it's a work. No, <laughs>
2: he, Kenny knows how to take a bump,
1: and he he and <laughs> probably probably knows how to blade too, right? <laughs> like, oh, probably. So, oh man, it it definitely uh, like I kind of paused that. The blood looked fake to me, so, like which, but I don't know why you would do that. So maybe we we're just getting taken for a ride by the editors, like with slap last year. Yeah, from, from oh, and over. the Sharks. Yeah, and sharks.
0: Well, the sharks <laughs> we
1: never really fell for, but but the slap I think. <laughs> Craig and I wanted that to be real so badly that we do. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah, we, 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 we really we left did. it. We left I really it. wanted to
2: see Nick get openly slapped on television and yeah. I didn't
0: get
1: to. <laughs> Craig, how much money would you have to be paid for you to go on any show and have your job title be Tickle Monster? <laughs> Tickle Sorry. Monster
2: would cost it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Tickle monster would cost a million dollars a year, I think. yeah, that's um, how much it would take for me to be a, an accredited tickle monster. No. And I'm speaking of someone who would be radio show host, which is not that far above Tickle Monster. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, God, did this... oh God, wasn't that like
1: a nickname Sandusky gave himself or some nonsense? oh God oh, I... no. no, you're right. That might be the true. yeah, like, oh. c- that was that was what threw me off. like I was like that was what I immediately went to. It reminded me of the whole the whole friggin Penn State Sandusky thing. And I was I didn't want to look it up because why would you want to look something like that? up, Right. But I'm no, but
2: it it was either that or something similar. I didn't even think about that. But you're right. Oh, uh,
1: that was what I went to. And not only that, but if the first time I met someone, they asked me to close my eyes. Like, obviously, you're 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 going for some sort of a trust factor right off the hop. And then you immediately started tickling me. Like I would punch that no. person right in, right in the nose. Like I'm not even oh, joking. Yeah. And oh yeah, th- and that would be it for them. Like I'd be like, "This guy's out." <laughs> like I'm like, if I yeah. was Rachel, she handled You're it done. with class and dignity. Something that I've never done in my entire life. But yeah, that would be it for me. And I can't believe she kept him. Like the tickle stayed.
2: Let me tell you, if we were in a situation where, and I've been in the same relationship for 14 years. Yeah where i just randomly walked up to my wife and tickled her on camera <laughs> i might have to get divorced yeah i might have to get divorced i saying, you Craig, rachel yeah rachel allows a stranger to do this and it's okay different different strokes for different folks i guess but I uh, yeah it's uh, that, that was not okay
1: you and I have known each other for a decade and a half. If you did
2: that to me, I would be like, dude,
1: what the fuck, yeah, right?
2: That's, like, that's absolutely true, and that would be understandable. Right? <laughs> I, don't know, I, was
1: gonna say, I don't think I'd be out of line doing that, so, like... Nope.
3: nope oh, that's fair.
1: man. oh jeez.
3: Nah. Oh,
1: God, so ridiculous. I like the back... First time I've ever seen somebody use two names. Jack Stone, attorney at law. It's, it's, the that's Man true. with the whitest
3: teeth in the world.
1: Yeah. Like, well, also his, like, weird fake tan also. It was like Ross in that one episode of <laughs> yes! Comics, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That was oh, nice God. That was, that was a, that, that's a joke for all the white people out there listening.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to ask about the guy who wound up getting the first impression, yes. Rose. Brian, who just decided, yeah, who decided, lie. you know what? I'm just going to like, you know, full on kiss this person without her knowing it. That I didn't, I did not care for.
3: Yeah, and Mm-mm.
2: it's you know who did care for it though, Craig. Rachel seemed Mm-mm. to be
1: fine with Rachel. It. Rachel allegedly, allegedly yeah, seemed to be fine. Yeah. With
3: it. Allegedly, did
1: Jess, as a female, uh-huh. did that <laughs> technique look sexy to you? No! no, I didn't think. so My either. God, and I have like, no experience what did I
3: say? kissing dudes,
2: but you it said something say... about like trying to swallow her face
3: or something. I yeah. said, "Stop eating her face! Stop yes. it! Like, just yes. oh God, like just too much! Stop!" Like, mm. I, I, I felt like the poor gentleman Mohit who had too much to drink oh, when he went yes. out there and he saw them kissing no. the second time, and he's like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. I was like, oh God, stop. That's that's not cool. And like later, as Rachel was doing her little talk back and, and her you know, to the camera, she said, you know, I didn't have any intention of kissing anyone tonight, but I liked it. Yeah, did you really though? Like I don't know. That's I mean, obviously she liked it enough to give him the first impression, Rose, but I just have to wonder how much of that is, okay, well, this happened, so maybe this is, you know, she's very savvy. So you wonder how much of the process she's going to, like, play up, you know what I mean? So I just, I don't know, because if I'm her, that is not a good move right off the bat. I don't know you. Let's not do that yet. Do not be that close to my face when I have just met you 10 minutes before. Nah, not happening. But that's just me. So, Rachel, you do you, girl, but uh, it makes me feel very uncomfortable, very icky.
1: And he's a chiropractor, too, which is such a scam profession, too. I'm always wary wary of chiropractors. Yeah, that's right. Shots fired. Uh, (laughs) But uh, you mentioned Mohit, and Mohit and Lucas, the Waboom guy, I think were the two (laughs) drunkest dudes in the house. Um. Lucas offset his was offset by the fact that he seemed to gain strength from the alcohol but Mohit kind of just he got that drunk where you can't form sentences properly and are unable to comprehend the things that are happening around you so he just kind of stumbled around talking too loudly and and oh man it was not a good look he got sent home though so so we won't have to deal with Mohit
0: again (laughs)
3: poor guy yeah i I just i I felt bad for him and but as i said to craig when we were talking during the episode when he stumbled upon them having their second session Mm -hmm. on the couch um his face his expression it has to be a gift by now doesn't it like it was just
2: so definitely somewhere yeah (laughs) yeah
3: that's the gift that keeps on giving
2: (laughs) it's already
1: on the it's already on the internet um Another guy that got sent home, Craig, was Michael, who they billed as a former basketball, a professional basketball player.
0: Mm-hmm. Did,
1: did you, you look, look up for... who that was or who you played for? I did. Now, he never made the NBA. So I assume he played ball in Europe. Yeah. And, you know, te- that technically qualifies you as a former pl- uh, pro basketball player he went to the university of albany though he went to u albany and there's a bunch of shots of him making he made like two or three buzzer beaters for you for uh for albany and and won uh a few few games there's one of him making a lay a buzzer beater layup against washington that was uh pretty good shot uh oh really yeah unfortunately he got to go home so uh we we didn't get to spend much time with michael the former professional basketball player yeah that's too bad it is too bad <laughs> Craig, huh. who would you have given your
2: first impression rose to? I would have gone with Kenny. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There,
2: I said it, Kenny. Yeah, I thought too. Or, to. or mm-hmm.
3: Fred, because that was a hell of a first impression We walked <laughs> out of that limo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Very unexpected. <laughs> so I would, I would also say Kenny or Fred. But I would. I'm it a biased because I really like them. Uh,
2: I would have given it to the Waboom guy just to see what everyone else would have done.
3: Yeah,
1: the rea- yeah, you're talking about gifts, right? <laughs> that, that
2: would have, that would have been a, a real gift. half. The guys probably just would have quit right there. <laughs>
3: uh, but I also love how much indignation there was over the fact that he made it through. It's like, fellas, have you not watched this show? Do you not know what needs to happen here? You just got to know that he is a producer pick. This is yeah. this is what has to happen. And he's- so I mean.
1: And he spiked the football, too, when she like, – because he was the last Rose, too, which made it incredibly bad, right? Because he
2: yeah. – That, to me, means that it was, was – was it has to have been a producer pick, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because he did it. And then there were the guys that were standing around. Like, there was the dude – I think his name was Milton who spent the Yeah, he
3: cried. Crying,
1: and then he cried. Cried like a – Yeah. Oh, God. Man, like, get it together. And he was like, I all these suits, and I won't be able to wear these suits. And I was like, oh, God. Just, <laughs> get this guy out of here right like that was obviously the right decision. and yeah and he kept on doing that purring thing and I, which i think gave uh rachel her best soundbite of the night where she said something along the lines of like she said i gave him past the first time but then i realized this was his thing
3: <laughs> and, then, and, she's like, <laughs> and it
1: was at that moment that i realized he had to go
3: right? <laughs> i think my favorite soundbite from her of the night was when Waboom guy was in the limo and he was on yeah. the megaphone talking about himself. And he says one testicle bigger than the other. And, and she goes back. Funny, Good right? to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was my favorite. I think
1: that was actually <laughs> just... kind of fun. Like if he had a just done that, I think he would have been okay. Like if he just did the <laughs> megaphone where he was, yep. dec- where he was kind of like being his own, like wrestling boxing announcer doing his, you know, give it introducing himself. If that was it, I think we would have been okay with Waboom guy, but it was it was all of the Wabooming and the and the just man.
0: It was a lot.
1: My biggest fear going forward is that he wins one of the group competitions, the the Waboom <laughs> guy, and then the celebration will just be like like the NFL would flag Waboom guy, right?
2: Oh God, yes. Yeah. Even with these new rules,
3: yeah. I was just gonna say that
2: <laughs> sports. <laughs> yeah, good job, Jess.
3: Yeah, thank uh, you.
2: Yeah, it is, yeah, it would have been a little bit much. And Waboom guy can't get or if he gets another rose. I don't know what I'm gonna do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's he's, oh. he's
1: getting maybe like at, at most one more right. Like maybe the producers have him stick around for like two more weeks tops. Like I, yeah. I like that's his that's his cap right. Uh,
3: but you know what. Now, did Jamie make it through? I forget. Jamie, I think he did.
1: Jamie with a Y, yeah. The, the sales Jamie, account executive. Not sure what that yeah. means. Yeah.
3: Here's what I will tell you about that. If Jamie goes home and Lucas Waboom guy stays, I'm okay with that because Jamie says this guy's here in a Waboom t-shirt and I'm in a $2,000 suit. Guess yeah. what, Jamie? I don't care what kind of suit you got on. Yeah. It's about who you are, man. So, <laughs> step out of the place. If <laughs> that's your attitude. I will take Lucas Baboom over you any day if that's really what you value as a two thousand dollar suit. Like, I mean I get it. But at the same time, nah. Like that's I don't want you in my in my deck of bachelors. No. Get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was the second douchiest line of the night behind Blakey's like penis, like him hyping up his <laughs> own penis, right? Which is just I
2: don't yeah. want to be the guy who talks about his penis. Yeah. But <laughs> spend the next 25 to 30 seconds talking about his penis, of course. Yeah, just, oh, God, so bad. What
3: are uh, you going to do the other 23 and a half hours of the day? Get out. Yeah, get mom, out, Mr. Yeah. 30 Minutes. Like, get yeah, out. I don't believe <laughs> you.
1: It's like, oh, I don't believe you, sir. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Matt, Craig, who showed up in the penguin suit?
0: Aww. <laughs> hmm.
1: You can tell if I
0: just can't.
2: Yeah, I, I I like what Jess is at. I, I think it was fine. I thought it was it was it was. I have no problem with, uh, with with the penguin suit. He seemed like a nice enough guy. He did the little. Well, I'll let Jess talk about what happened that she enjoyed. But yeah, it was good. It was good. I was I I, I was I was a fan of Matt.
3: I liked that he was just he seemed a little bit shy, mm-hmm. and also I just thought the way he like shuffled <laughs> up to her in the penguin.
1: You enjoyed was, his penguin
3: walk. It was so cute and. Uh, it was adorable <laughs> and I just feel like there's I don't, I don't know like how long he'll stick around like if he'll be able to come out of his penguin shell if you will he, he got um, a lot of, <laughs>
1: he got a lot of coverage in the in the this season on Matt might go far well
3: well, see how he does. I mean, I'm pulling for him. But it was funny, like, when he went to hug her, when he first got out of the limo, his, like, beak on his penguin suit, like, pecked her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a hazard, dude. You gotta get rid of that. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, two seasons in a row now we've had people dressed up in costumes. So maybe this will be, I don't know, has that happened before where people have dressed up in costumes? Well, JoJo- like, full on, like, rent
1: JoJo wore, like, a unicorn head. To meet yes. Ben, which was God. weird. Um, and she ended up coming in second. And yeah, then... so I called that a successful Operation Unicorn there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh.
3: Definitely.
1: Operation... Those are always
3: great when they work out.
1: Yeah, Operation yeah. Dolphin didn't exactly work out for, no.
3: uh, for Alexis. <laughs> she. Alexis got to hang out for a couple of
1: <laughs> Yeah, and she's going to be in Paradise. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. She, she's going to be a high That's draft a- pick in our, in our Paradise draft. Um. Yeah, I don't know where did what what was the penguin thing come from? I just I didn't get. I, oh
3: I... oh, he was talking about how penguins. Sorry, I just remembered. That's why I was yep. so excited. Yeah. Um, how penguins, when they find a mate, they often mate for life. And so when they fall in love, they're together with their partner, and that's basically what he wants with Rachel. That's what he wants his chance at forever love or whatever. So I think that was the whole thing he was going for.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Clearly. Let's just hope he doesn't end up like those penguins that we've seen going viral, where like two male penguins are fighting over one female penguin, and then she chooses the the tough penguin, and one gets left. Oh, so I man. hope that's on him.
1: Those things, exist? <laughs> Good lord, internet.
3: Yeah. Yeah, nature, movie. man, <laughs> cruel.
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, is there anybody else you want to talk about, Craig?
3: Uh, I can't. I'm
2: just looking through the 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 list of dudes now, but there isn't anyone who really jumps out to me. So,
3: yeah, Oscar, look- what about? What about vacuum dude? Yeah. Oh right. Vacuum. Which? Was he Mike?
1: Uh yeah, well, vacuum. Which was dude.
3: Michael? Hold on, hold on. I'm pulling him up.
0: Right.
3: I have I have the cast page open so that I can keep everybody straight because there were 31 no, it's lovely gentlemen. Alex Japanese. wasn't it? Oh, it's Alex. 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 Yeah, 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 he yeah. has fabulous hair, by the way.
1: Oh yeah. He tremendous dude. There were a couple guys who didn't <laughs> have their hair did for this thing, and I was just like, "What are you doing? This is like you're just out off the hop if you don't have your hair set." on on the first meeting um the the vacuum thing i thought when he first did it made sense like when he showed up and he was because that that was what rachel did in her opening package was it not that was the the reference i believe the guy was trying to make was uh when we first saw rachel she was dancing around in her house with a vacuum
0: yeah oh
1: but then he kept doing it while she was talking to other dudes and like yeah i didn't like that loudly running the vacuum if I'm Rachel <laughs> in that spot, that guy's out to me. I think Alex got to stick around. I'm pretty sure he did, but... He did? That that would have been... Yeah, the, the, that would have been a real... Of course, she kept the Tickle Monster, so I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I, th- I think keeping the Tickle Monster was the only one that I, I was supremely judgy on because I don't understand what the Tickle Monster brings as far as producer-wise, you know? Unless yeah. he plans to assault her again. Ugh
3: oh I hope not
1: terrible. Just yeah. terrible. oh
3: god also I had to laugh that Rob who was not given a rose at the end he was the guy who had her um, draft pick card oh <laughs> yeah dry white Toast bachelor,
1: yeah. yeah
3: yeah 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 and I thought wow like I, I don't if I'm Rachel I don't know if I want to pick a guy who is that into the bachelor <laughs> and bachelorette like, I don't know I don't know. And he also,
1: he did that, like, horrible, like, when they were freestyling during the credits, he did, like, an incredibly boring... Yeah, he was... That guy was super boring. Yeah. yeah. There, was, there was nothing to that guy.
2: One, one thing I do want to say to, to Jess's comment just now <laughs> is... <laughs> You are currently doing a podcast with two guys who are into the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, but I'm,
3: but I'm not dating either of you, or married to either of you. So that's all we need to know.
2: And we are going to do it. We are going to do a
1: Bachelor in Paradise draft later on this podcast, later on this season. Stay tuned, yeah. everybody. All right. Oh,
0: it's
3: that's be fine, good. but you're also not on the Bachelor. Like, you're not going to try that's- and 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 be with Rachel. You know, like <laughs> what I mean. Like I don't know. It's you guys are fantastic, and I love you both. But I don't know. Yeah, if like I was a, Rachel,
1: if yeah, like if, if I was on this season of The Bachelor and my move was to bring my iPod loaded up with our podcast and be like, here, listen to these, <laughs> listen to these pods. I was on your side <laughs> the
3: whole time. I was, come on, yeah, right? like, yeah
2: I wanted no. to pick you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, now let me pick you since he didn't. Oh my no, god, exactly, oh my no, oh, man, what a terrible, oh, no.
1: awful, just an awful move. Oh.
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> dear, oh, <laughs> God, no. poor Rob.
1: I think, I think. Oh, you know who he missed?
2: Dean.
3: Ugh, oh,
2: I God. hate that crusty old Dean. <laughs> Dean. Uh, he
1: was the guy who he was one of the after the rose guys, and he was the guy who said, uh, "I'm ready to go black and never go back," and it was just like, "Oh, God.
0: terrible,
1: yeah, terrible." Uh, if if he hadn't said that line, I think I would be on Dean's side because he seemed okay in 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 this one, he wasn't causing too much trouble, but was and still... he
3: actually kind of like made a move to yeah. immediately address it and be like he looked rightfully sheepish. and yes. you know, he was. Like, uh, and and Rachel, she, like I said, so full of grace and just such, I mean, I don't even know, like, how you, she said, you know, either you you hate that or you love it, and I loved it. And whether or not she did, she is just such a nice person to, you know, gloss over that and and try and make him, like, make that as, as less awkward or as least awkward awkward as possible right so she is just wonderful for doing that and but i i really did like when they made sandcastles so i thought that yes. was kind of kind of different yeah. you know like so from very awkward and unacceptable beginnings <laughs> things that should not have happened um i mean at least he he managed to salvage it a bit so we'll see what dean does when he's on better behavior and hopefully doesn't say something ridiculous again like that Ugh, because that was just awful well Blech.
1: Yeah, I th- it was I thought, good. yeah. I thought it was weird though that he was like, "Let's build a sandcastle," and then she was like, "Do you know how?" and he's like, "No."
3: <laughs> <laughs> Do your research, Dean. Like, Come what? on. <laughs>
1: Fucking sandcastle, just make it. And you've got all the bolts there and sand. There's nothing else to it. Kids know how to make a sandcastle, right? Like,
3: oh, we we
2: need we need mortar and some two by fours,
1: right? Without without prior training, you if you give a kid a bucket and sand, they will make a, a like a bucket shaped sandcastle, right? Like, uh oh, get it together, Dean. Ugh. I hate that lousy Dean. Uh, a couple things I want to address from the, this season on. One. They said the two greatest Bachelor lines, or uh, the Bachelor lines of all time, which is someone says the right reasons, where they're like, yes. I'm not sure if he's here for the right reasons. And the other one, my personal favorite, Lee, sitting on the couch, five guys surrounded by him, all staring him down, and then Lee looks at all all of them and goes, I'm not here to make friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes,
1: <laughs> I'm here to
2: find a relationship. I'm here to find love.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Oh God, that's the best
1: line you could possibly, possibly say in a reality show. I didn't, I didn't come here to make friends. Came here to win. <laughs> it's so good. He's there to win. Love Lee is, and the other one, we got to mention this ex girlfriend thing that uh, pops up. And apparently, like, apparently some, because it, it, it looked like this ex girlfriend of one of the contestants shows up in a random neighborhood gym in order to blow up somebody's spot. Like they were shooting hoops and on a one-on-one date, and she just decides to show up. And also, she signed the release. Like this ex-girlfriend's face is being shown, so I just wonder if we're being taken for a ride here by a a, uh, a couple that's decided to be like, you go on, and then I'll come on as the ex-girlfriend, and you know we'll have this big spot and We'll be remembered forever. I just I'm 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 worried. My
2: distrustful nature
1: is 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 coming into play here because I'm not sure if we're being worked. What do you think, Craig?
2: I think we might be being worked, but that's okay. I don't mind because it'll be fun. And it'll be dramatic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. And uh, I uh, I I was pretty excited by this season on. Like we've seen better this season ons before, but uh, uh, one thing I will say, and I, I don't have the numbers. I, I should I should I should plot this out with some sort of uh, some sort of graph or something to show my work. Mm-hmm. But I, this the quality <laughs> of it this season on doesn't typically indicate the quality of a season, at least not for me.
1: So. Yeah. Like Nick had a tremendous this season on. I remember, yeah, it had, and it was like,
2: a good season, but it wasn't yeah. a great season.
1: No, but,
3: hashtag Platinum Vagine. Yeah, that's it, true. That was had, in there.
1: It had the Platinum Vagine line in there. It had the slap <laughs> in there, which, again, we all fell for. And there there were a couple, you know, moments of people crying and what of, of girls crying and whatnot that were just like breakup cries and not, oh, you know, everyone in the house hates me cries, which, you know, the the latter is more entertaining of those two in, in reality <laughs> TV. But, uh, yeah, it... it I think it'll be a great season. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I'm excited mm-hmm. for Rachel. Rachel. Rachel is so is, is charismatic enough that I think even if it's a subpar season, it will be a couple notches better just because she's she's a lot of fun. She's she's fun to spend time with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I'm uh, I'm excited too. Uh, Jess, give me your top three after week one.
3: Ooh. Okay. So top three gentlemen. Yeah. Okay, well, let me let me reference my cast list so I don't mess anything up. But obviously, I've already said um, Kenny mm-hmm. and Fred. Yes. And who would be my third? Let's take a little look-see here. Mm, that's tough. The third person. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard. Oh, I should have thought about this. You know what? Wa-boom. Well, I'm being controversial. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Corinne, you guys.
1: <laughs> how, dare, how dare you compare uh, the rare and sweet oh. flower that is Corinne, who sprinkled nothing but glorious moments over this franchise to a raw boom guy. How Come dare. on. That's like a shacked of Michael Olawa candy. That's just <laughs> not proper, is what it is.
3: How? Come on. <laughs> Oh. Listen, listen. I may be a malcontent in this, all right? I may be here stirring <laughs> the pot, God. but you cannot deny the entertainment value of Lucas Waboom guy. You can't. Oh. You can't <sighs>
2: oh. I can't even like I'm I'm all for talking about I'm all, right. all for talking about Waboom guy, but just uh, like
0: Corinne yes. Correct, I think
3: it's be you I and love me now, goddamn much <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that she was, like, as insane outwardly as he is, <laughs> but she they are the same character. They are the same, what the hell are you doing here? Who are you? What is going on? That's I hope basically what Lucas, that is.
2: I hope Lucas has a nanny.
3: Oh my god, wouldn't that be great?
2: Yep, I hope Lucas has a nanny. And
3: I hope he likes cheese pasta.
2: I hope he likes cheese pasta, too. Maybe
3: while mm.
1: boom Guy and Corinne end up together in Paradise.
3: <gasps> I could see that. Think oh my god.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Corinne starts printing, I want... like, $4,000 mink coats with the Waboom logo on it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Oh. I just think he's ridiculous, and then that makes me happy. So, you know, I want to see how, how everything plays out with him. But, uh, yeah. No. And I also am interested to see how they try and give him some emotional depth, if they do at all. We'll yeah. see. Um, in the couple of episodes that he probably will be around. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if I—I I mean, he's obviously my like silly throwaway pick, but my my really my top two are Kenny and Fred because I just feel like they have the most uh well-rounded potential for for intrigue and emotional development and to see what's there. So, the
1: the real move for for Waboom Guy and Corinne, though, actually, is to finance their own line of microwavable cheese pastas. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's the move. And you could, oh. they, they call it waboom pasta. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pasta, the
3: pasta with the waboom.
1: Yeah. Boom. Craig, who are your top three?
3: Boom pasta. Oh, ba boom waboom pasta. Ba boom waboom pasta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. Go. I like it. Yeah. Ba boom waboom. Oh,
1: good lord, Craig, who are your top three?
2: <laughs> I will go with. Uh, I, I I'm going to say Kenny because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with Jess on, on the Kenny situation. I'm going to put Matt in there. I thought oh, Matt had nice... man, that was going to be my dark horse. Well done, Craig. Yeah. And and, and here's my my other dark horse. Uh, I have two dark horses. But Dean. Yeah. I thought that Dean had some nice recovery uh, from what happened at the live show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put Dean in my top three this week.
1: Yeah. I, th- t- I think Dean, Dean... Dean was a fringe guy. Like, if we did a top four, I think Dean would have been my four... My three are. I had Matt like yours. I think Matt's Matt's a real dark horse to make this move. I think Brian, the chiropractor who won the first impression rose. Yeah, uh, yeah I think he's gonna go far. I don't. I don't. Eh. I'm not of really course. into him, but it seems like Rachel is because he doesn't he look like Spanish Nick Vial. Like it seems like she might have a type, and it might just be like mm-hmm. a tall guy with a little bit of facial hair and and confidence yeah. enough confidence brian did have confidence and i i another dark horse that i had kind of i like peter who was the business owner he who might have been the best looking guy of the bunch yeah. and got a rose early and didn't do anything to he did he didn't do anything he wasn't falling apart or he wasn't you know falling apart but he wasn't uh you know trying to stand if, out right
2: if you're if you're peter you're thinking to yourself you know what my look should be able to carry me through tonight so i'm not gonna do anything stupid yeah exactly right yeah and maybe he's right he's a good looking dude mm-hmm. yeah okay. and he, he made the joke about uh, isn't he, he was the guy from wisconsin right yes yeah, yeah. So he made that joke so that was smart so mm-hmm. yeah yeah very yeah good.
3: i like that
1: so the, my wife had peter brian and kenny so she's kind of we're we're all kind of in the same in the same wheelhouse she's she's firmly on team kenny Yes. Yeah. So, I think that's it for the Bachelorette. Unless you guys had anything you wanted to add. Good. All no.
3: Right. Wah boom. Bara boom wah <laughs> boom. Look for it in an A and P near you soon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> With Corinne's face on it and Raquel's yeah. on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh God! Recipe by Raquel. Um, yeah.
1: So we're gonna shift gears for a little bit, and we're we're gonna talk a little bit of. Sports. I specifically want to talk about the fact that PK Subban is in the Stanley Cup Finals right now. Do you, yeah. say final, do you say final or finals, Craig? I say finals. Yeah, I don't even know why I asked. It's kind of a dumb conversation, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's mean, pretty exciting stuff. It's incredibly, yeah. it's incredibly yeah. exciting. I, I don't, I don't like. The attack towards Montreal fans on Twitter. That's what I'll say, Greg.
2: Right, because most Montreal fans did not want to see that particular player get traded.
1: Exactly. Correct. Exactly. So I don't like the attack on the fans. That is occurring. I am 100% on board with the attack on the actual team.
2: Oh, yes. Attack Mark Bergevin over and over. Yes.
1: Amen. Yeah,
2: and the
1: the jackassery that has occurred. And you know what? With his training. The, the, The
2: media in Quebec attacked them, too. Yeah. Yep. You know, attack them too, and you still have people defending that trade. Just like, despite the fact that, like, it, like it, the, the the way to defend that trade was, oh, we've got we've got price locked in on a on a nice deal for two years. So we want a guy Weber's going to be the better player the next two years, and then that sort of excused the fact that Weber's contract is awful. Um, hmm. PK was always a better player. And PK is certainly the better player right now. Like, look at his zone entry numbers. Like, basically, if you look at any stat, like, the goals and assists are good. But any advanced stat, PK looks tremendous. Like, just, uh, ugh. He is one Mm -hmm. of the three best defensemen in the NHL, probably. And I think that that was a horrible trade. And I've said this many, many times. The day the trade was made, Uh, it was a disaster. uh, And now... The the National Predators made a smart trade. They're in the Stanley Cup final because they made a series of smart trades to get there. Good for them. I hope they win. We'll see how they play. But I'm very excited for the National Predators. I'm very excited for P.K. Subban. And I'm very excited for the uh, – I'll, I'll say haters – who have to uh, eat this and wear this and own this, like Mark Bergervan, like Michelle Terry, who doesn't even have a friggin' job right now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there, there are countless others. Like we saw some Terry quotes floating around about Subban uh, from back when he was on the team. Like, oh, he, take, he, he you know, takes too many risks and all that stuff. Like, you know, go to hell. Like yeah. this absolutely, is, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And look, I'm not going to start uh, lobbing bombs at individual members of the uh, of the media in Quebec. But let's be honest here, if P.K. Subban looked... Let's say P.K. Subban, instead of being a black guy born in Toronto, was a Quebecois player if who had the Patrice exact skill set. Yeah or let, let, let's a Quebec wild player with the exact same skill set he would have been judged completely and totally different by some media members in that market that is just simply a fact
3: yeah yeah his individuality and his just charisma and personality is uh, people i don't know what it is but they get their backs up if the players aren't saying yeah you know we're out there giving 110% every shift they're not like drones. They somehow freak out if a player has their own opinion about something. I just, I don't understand it. He is a force to be reckoned with. You know, he has a whole brand. And the idea that he had to conform, and they they said that that was the problem. And the way that the Habs were going to get to the Stanley Cup, according to Michel Terrien, was they were going to conform to the system, and there was going to be this, and da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, well, Peter LaViolette, who is now, what, the fourth coach in NHL history to bring four different teams to an NHL Stanley Cup final. Um, He is saying PK, extremely coachable. PK has earned his right to play his style of game within our system. So it's like, screw you thinking that you could just stifle him. It's like, you know what? As much as I hated and as much as I was so sorry that he was treated like that and traded from the team that I have cheered for my entire life, the Habs, I am now glad that this happened because he has been given a chance to flourish and do what he does best and it's it, with a team and a community well you know Montrealers they love PK in general I would I would say that you know there's look at his return with Nashville the standing ovation the tears that streamed down his face that appreciation was incredible amazing but i mean his personality in general will be much more highly valued in Nashville Smashville you know like they just love that and they're trying to energize a community down there to get more into hockey, and they're doing just that. And it's with his help and that team that was going to foster that excitement. And that's what he brings. And that is what the NHL should be really honing in on. Not the same old standard, you know, kids that don't say anything other than, yeah, you know, we got to really focus on X, Y, Z. Obviously, I'm not an analyst. I'm not, you know, really into the specs of how, uh, strategy works and everything, but what people care about is that excitement. If you make it fun, and PK makes it fun, and he was just being stifled in Montreal, you know, he says during his uh, Just for Laughs special, you know what, I can do all the triple low fives that I want now. Yes, good for you. Go play your brand of hockey because it's something that I think a lot of people will want to see, and it's it's just a shame that he couldn't do it in Montreal because people love him there, and I, I know that his commitment to Montreal will remain in terms of the community and, you know, bringing joy and help to the children's hospital there and i'll tell you this right now if slash when they win that stanley cup i cannot wait to see him bring that cup to the children's hospital of montreal there you go it's like you know what your local team won't do it for you kids but i got your back i'm pk Subban. thank you very much good night
2: the classic selfish PK Subban move: donating ten million dollars to the children's right. hospital. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I said that. I tweeted that the other day. I can't remember. I was. I think it was the dudes from uh, the Reasons Are Several podcast who, who've come on here for football picks and stuff. Craig, I was best. Mess- they like they're firmly on team PK, and they Ooh. were tweeting stuff like. Oh yeah, you, you know they just like all the backhanded stuff of oh man, such a defensive liability can't win the, with this guy and stuff. And then which I tweeted to them, yeah, yeah, and you know donating ten million dollars to a children's hospital, you know, yeah, how could you ever win with a guy like that? What a locker room cancer. And just worse. Somebody who I didn't bother responding to because why you know pay the troll mentioned something like 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 their big PK takedown argument for for that was. Well, yeah, he's the only athlete that's ever donated to charity, right? And I was like, um, <laughs> what? Dude, you may be missing the point here. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and, like, and like ten, 10 million dollars, like that's that's
0: massive.
1: Yeah, that's not an insignificant. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I looked it up, and it was like only, I think four. I like I don't want to say a quote for sure, but like only four athletes. And I'm using quote unquote when I say athletes here because have made a larger lump sum donation in one go like certainly there's there's tons of athletes that have donated more than 10 million over the course of time but lump sums i think tom brady had a big one and then the other two were the rock and john cena if you if you count those guys as as athletes which i do because absolutely yeah wrestlers are crazy even though the outcome is fixed those guys are insane. <laughs> what they put their yeah. their bodies through, so I absolutely count them as. And you mentioned the fan outringing, Jess. Yeah. I have a lot of fan friends that are. I have family members that are there that are Habs fans. My brother and my dad are both Habs fans, and I have good yeah. friends, KB, who constantly comes on this podcast to talk a lot of the nerd stuff. He abandoned the Habs when that he yeah. he, he is currently without hockey team and has been basically vocally threatening to cheer for the Las Vegas team when it starts. Cause he's like, I'll just get a fresh start with this new Vegas team. Cause he absolutely yeah. was betrayed. And I think it had a lot to do with the social implications of absolutely of jettisoning PK Subban. As Craig said, one of the top three defensemen in the national hockey
3: league. I'll, I'll tell you this. I have had a very large crisis of conscience when it comes to supporting the Habs this year. I went to a game when I was in Montreal in January, and, you know, I, I cheered for them. I was there, and obviously, like, when you're in the atmosphere. But you know what? I was also really happy when Rick Nash scored a goal against them. <laughs> when they, it was the, you know, it was the, it was New York playing. Yeah. Um, it was the, the Rangers. But, uh, you know, like, I, I just... I can't get behind them they lost I was happy they lost in, in the first round and that Nashville went further and I thought you know what all that matters now is that they've gone further it doesn't matter what happens the outcome Nashville went further PK went further that is what matters that is the, sh- the show of, of this season and that is that is the triumph this is fantastic that he's going this far but uh, honestly I just I cannot get behind them I can't get excited my, my mom follows them religiously as well and i think a lot of diehard fans um have just kind of you know swallowed the the nasty pill and said you know what okay well we'll just go forward shea weber you know he's a great guy super talented and you know we just got to get over it but can't I just can't my loyalty and I when it comes to stuff like this I get real indignant about it when someone is done wrong and PK was done wrong even though things are you know coming up great for him now I just it, it, it makes me really sad that my team which I love so much would do something so just abysmal you know like come on guys like why would you do this and that is what made me so mad and I I just honestly a lot of the love has gone out of it you know it's just kind of like yeah you're my team but what did you do it's like I'm not I'm not angry I'm disappointed but I am angry too so it's yeah yeah I don't blame people who have given up on them and Maybe next season I'll just continue to cheer for Nashville. Who knows? Maybe that's maybe that's what's got to happen for the next little while. It's not Shea Weber's fault. He was traded. He's a good guy, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I'm still mad at the trade. Still mad at the team. Bergevin, what are you doing?
2: Well, this is the sort of trade that this will this trade will define Mark Bergevin. It's gonna haunt him unless unless Carey Price steals the Stanley Cup next year, which like maybe. But this trade yeah. will define Mark Bergevin. And, and not in a good way. Because the albatross
3: she, around his neck.
2: Yes, because when Shea Weber is making seven point eight whatever million dollars a year, and he's thirty six years old, and not being that good at hockey, that's going to be a problem. Because PK Subban is going to still be pretty good at hockey, and that is going to be a problem.
3: Yeah,
2: that is going it's to be true. a big
1: problem. It's it's the line from Moneyball when they there, there's the one scene in Moneyball where. Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt are in the one room, and and Brad Pitt's trying to trade Carlos Peña. Even though that didn't really happen in real life, he was just hitting one ninety below one ninety, so they sent him down to the minors. But uh, you know, you got to juice these things up for the Hollywood movies. But he has the one line where he goes, "These are the kind of decisions that get you fired, right?" And yeah. and this is one of the decisions that, unfortunately, probably going to get Mark Burcham fired because they're going to make the cup again or the cup again. They're going to make the playoffs again next year, the Habs, because they have Carey Price. But if he's healthy, yeah, assuming he's healthy. But then, what is their what is their cap out first, second round? Maybe unless Price just gets ultra on fire. It just really shone the light on the fact that Montreal's problem wasn't that PK Subban was doing low high fives with Carey Price after wins. It was that they needed more pieces around yeah. PK. They needed they needed not to get rid of PK Subban, mm. but to yep. find more complementary pieces for PK Subban. And it's just. To, to send him out of town and then and then claim this witch hunt of, of oh he was he was a cancer in the locker room and and he was too flamboyant That's and and the guys didn't like him like give me a friggin' break it's all yeah just it's all bullshit god I hate it so bad and.
3: One thing that also really, really bothered me was when Michel Terrien basically, like, I forget what it was. Like, PK fell. He said he lost the edge on his skate, and he, he fell, and I forget all the circumstances. I'm sure you you and Craig will remember it precisely. But Terrien says, well, you know, it's, he basically threw the loss all on PK's shoulders. It's like, what kind of a coach are you? Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. A, a loss is never just one person's fault. It is a, a Well, typically, I'm going to say, I mean, it's it's a team that's out there for 60 full minutes, right? Like, it's it's not just one person skating around the ice, you know, like, how could you how could you do that? It's like and as a professional, a coach who has been in the league for God knows how many years, do better, do better at your job. And if if you are having such a problem, I would look at the coach and the person in charge versus all the people on the the ice. You know, look at look at yourself first and instead of throwing someone under the bus when that is that is not appropriate. As we've seen, coaches come and go.
2: The coat that yeah. they traded P.K. Subban for literally did not survive the season. Yeah. Yeah. So if coaches come and go and star-level, top-caliber defensemen. defensemen don't, yeah. Yeah. well, if, if you have to pick between one or the other, I know which one I would pick. But yeah. apparently, Mark and didn't feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. And, and
1: you're right, because, like, Michelle Tarian, you're right, I've never seen... In instance, and now I've been watching a lot of sports in my life. I cannot for the life of me remember an instance where a coach was so willing to throw his dude under the bus in an effort. Now, part of that would have been Terry and thinking I have to throw PK Subban under the bus. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my job. So that might have been Mm. a part of part of it. But like in, in situations like that, how do you if you're another guy on the team, how does that? Like, how, how does that inst- instill faith in you where you're like, wow, he threw PK under the bus? What happens if I, you know, miss a back check or something by yeah. an accident? And, and is he going to throw me under the bus? I don't want to play. Like, you want Mike Gundy, right? Who Mike Gundy went to bat for one of his kids and was, like, you know, yelling at people and going, I'm a man. I'm 40. You come after me, right? And, like, you yeah. want that. You don't want. Friggin' Michelle Terry going, yeah, it was PK's fault after the game. You, you know, it was PK's fault.
3: You want to talk about a cancer in the locker room? That like poor leadership. Like I mean, come on, it's just it's ridiculous. And and then that is the very example of what they said PK was doing. <laughs> you know, like individualistic and you know not a team player. It's like, well, what the hell was Terryanne doing there? You know, like I mean, you just you can't you can't. It's just, ugh, ugh, I'm sorry. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just rage.
1: Tarion <laughs> was infecting uh, the locker room with cancer on multiple levels, on the on the the metaphorical level and also the realistic level with the darts he was hacking between periods and whatnot. So, uh, good lord. Uh, <sighs> Craig, do you want to go to if if Ottawa makes the Stanley Cup? Do you want to go to the games? I mean, there's going to be plenty of seats available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Might as well grab a couple of things. yeah.
1: We, we might as well go. <laughs> like, when are we going to get to see like if the Leafs make the Stanley Cup? Although by the time the Leafs make the Stanley Cup in three four years, I assume this this podcast will have many sponsors that we'll just be able to walk into the ACC whenever Sweet. we feel like it, right? Uh, but like realistically, if we wanted to go see a Leafs game and like in the Stanley Cup Finals, we're talking like probably six seven hundred a ticket, right? And oh God more than that more than that maybe double that maybe four figures per per seat yep. and if we wanted we could go see the senators playing the Stanley Cup for a hundred apiece probably yeah I just I don't like that now some outlets are talking about this this is I'm not gonna say it's not a topic of discussion in in Canadian media because it is, but we we should really be. To, like Ottawa should if, really be getting if this was Nashville
2: oh god it would be a disaster yeah. right. mm. it would be an absolute disaster oh yep. um, just an absolute disaster uh, so.
1: one last thing and then we'll get out of here Craig, uh, Kyle Dubas is he going to be general managing your team or my team next year or, uh, I shouldn't say general manager. Assistant say general off, managing. Offers. I think
2: he'll be assistant general managing my team. I think they're going to give him another little reassurance that Lou's retiring at the end of next season, and you get to be the GM.
0: Mm.
1: Please
2: stick around, and he'll do that. That's I, my theory.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Maybe I hope that the Avalanche just drive a dump truck of money up to Kyle Dubas's house. Because this would basically do a complete 180 on everything they've been saying for the past three years, during which they finished in the bottom three of the league many, many times, including this year where they finished dead last in the entire league and ended up with the fourth overall pick in a terrible draft, uh, where they've completely disregarded the, the forward thinking analytical process of this game in favor of this last place team that they've put together. So hiring Kyle Dubas would, would be a, a very, uh, very big step in the right direction especially for me it would would provide me with with some assurance that my team was no longer run by a complete group of morons that's what i'm saying um how nervous did you get though when you read that elliot friedman tweet
2: uh pretty nervous i was incredibly (laughs) concerned but glad that
3: uh i liked your tweet
2: <laughs> uh, I, I I had several panicky tweets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hire someone else. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, really, maybe just hire somebody
2: else. Yeah,
1: This guy's. <laughs> All right, uh, Craig Needles, Jess Brady. Good talking to you guys. It's, it's you yeah, too. This is great. Get, it feels good to have the Bachelor back in our lives.
2: It, it feels. You good know to,
3: what it does. <laughs> I and, missed and, you guys. <laughs>
2: Jess, you and I talk every day. Uh, yeah, but it's not
3: about Bachelor. <laughs>
2: that's a good point. That's a good point. But are you gonna make
3: uh, me say it? I missed Pierce more. Okay. Fine.
2: <laughs> that's good. God. Plus, yes. we got to talk. You Win know, <laughs> for Pierce. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about PK. <laughs> and I don't know which room in your home you're sitting in right now, but there may or may not be a PK Subban poster not terribly far from you. So that's right. Fine. It
3: is. There is on. I should. I'd actually send you a picture hold on i'll take a picture and i'll i'll text it to craig and then he can text it to you um but currently sitting across from me is my desk. Mm-hmm. And when PK was traded, my cousin who lives in Montreal sent me a plaque, um, like a little laminated plaque, like small, like an eight by ten size. And it's it says Subban and he's on it, and it's like the the print autograph or whatever. Yeah. And she said, I thought you might want this, <laughs> and I was like, You're damn right I do. <laughs> so it sits on my desk across from me, and uh, I always have PK near me. <laughs> well, you're
1: if you ask PK to sign that now, what would he say? Would he write like sorry Jess sad emoticon? <laughs> <laughs> PK Subban? No.
3: He would say. He would say to me, "Thanks for keeping the faith." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: something like that. And then offer you a triple low 05. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I
3: would take it gladly. <laughs> oh, oh my P. god.
2: PK Subban.
3: Love so him.
0: Awesome.
1: Mm. He's so
3: good. You yeah, know, I just I'm so glad that it's working out for him, but you know what I would also advise him not to travel to Europe this summer just in case don't go to Italy. That's where you found out the news. Just stay away from there. Yeah. Stay in Nashville for a few years. All right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully he'll have the Stanley Cup when he's around traveling. Ah. So. Uh, there you
0: that. go. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. All
2: right.
1: Uh, so all right. I haven't decided what's going to happen, so maybe we'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we will. I don't know what's if anything's coming up next week. But I imagine there's a strong chance we'll talk some Bachelor, even if it's at uh, for a shorter length of time. But uh, yeah. either way, it was great talking to you guys. So, Craig Needles, Jess Brady, take care, and we will see you some other time on the Crossover Podcast.
3: Bada boom, waboom. The
0: Crossover.